What are you expecting from the next conversation you will have with a colleague? What are you expecting as an outcome of your next meeting? What are you expecting from yourself in life as such? And are you aware of these expectations and how they influence your communication style? In this episode, I will speak with my guest Bianca Maria Klein about managing expectations and how this can contribute to becoming more charismatic. In this episode, we speak about how you can manage your expectations by asking solution-oriented questions and how to use expectations in a constructive way to lead a life free from pressure and fears. Stay with us to learn more. Welcome to Charisma Hacks, the show where you get strategies, tools and mind training to learn to speak from your innermost conviction, to own who you truly are and to stand in your full power. I am Ulrike and I am wholeheartedly dedicated to empowering leaders to connect with their authentic self so that they can sparkle from the inside and lead and communicate with charisma. I am pleased to welcome today Bianca Maria Klein. Bianca Maria is a coach, speaker and trainer based in Munich. It is her passion to accompany people in the process of change and to experience how they find answers to questions within themselves. Bianca, do you want to say a few words about yourself? Sure. Thanks, first of all, for inviting me. It's always so exciting to, to talk about the favorite topic with the uh, other people because you always get new ideas and insights from how other people see it and yeah about me I'm uh, as you said based in Munich I'm a coach speaker and trainer and my focus is uh, on our topic today on expectations and how you handle expectations and I realize it's always a big topic in my coachings and it doesn't matter if it's private or at work. Bianca, you say that there can be less conflicts and more clarity in business through clear communication and management of expectations. What exactly do you mean by that? What I mean is, well, I, I give you a, basically a question back. How can you work properly either you know, with your colleagues or your boss, so relationships at work, or even relationships at home with your partner, your kids, you know, your neighbors, even, if you don't know what their needs and expectations are, or I always call it wishes. So it's more like a wish how to be working with other people, and other people knowing how they can work with me, what is important for me, what are my needs. And if that is not clear, I think, or actually, I totally believe, it's almost impossible to work long term good together. Because these are the needs one of each other has, and we need to understand them. And only then we can really work properly. And I totally believe that even conflicts and misunderstandings will be much, much easier to handle if you handle expectations differently. When I hear what people think about charismatic people, mm -hmm. often people say when they meet someone they consider charismatic, that I have a feeling that this person is truly seeing me and is valuing me. So they feel valued by this charismatic person. That's one of a main ingredient actually of charisma. Yeah. How do you think play expectations a role within this scenario? I totally believe that. Yeah. So that's why I love the, the topics that we both have, because 
I mean, charisma is also, as we said, it's it being authentic and true. And before being able to do that, you need to know yourself. And by knowing your own, let's say, needs and wishes and ways of thinking, because sometimes even that is not clear to us and being true to our opinions, you can open up. And if you open up and giving others the possibility to get to know yourself and also opening up to get to know the true of the person in front of you, then you can develop charisma because it only works if you are authentic and true and honest with yourself. And also the interest you have then in others is the, the way another person realizes if I'm open or charismatic towards them. So I totally believe it involves that. And handling expectations is handling your curiosity as well for another person. And I always say the tool is very, very simple. It's asking questions. What would be steps if expectation management, the knowledge and awareness of your own expectations, also the expectations of others, what is the best place to start? I always say the best place to start is to understand what expectations are. So if you take off the, the wording of expectations and replace it with wishes, it's a bit softer, first of all, but I always define expectations differently. So expectations are nothing else than in the first place, your own imagination of a situation or how a person should be. This is in my head. I expect something to turn out well, for example, the vacation or the situation with my boss to be in a certain way. And I imagine it very concrete. So it's one of all the concrete imagination of a situational person. And the second is the assumption. I assume what the other person thinks, feels, or have in, a, in an opinion. And this together, the, the imagination or the idea of a certain thing or person, plus the assumption that I have also in my head, is the expectation. And this is very, very unclear because it's all in my head. And I don't have clarity on if it's true or not. So I can imagine a vacation perfectly and assume that the weather is well. Obviously, that's something that I can't influence. I can't ask the weather god. <laughs> But if it's about my people around me, so either family or colleagues, I can ask them and I can manage this imagination or idea or assumption by asking if is it true or not. So that's the first step to understand what is that expectation. And I always call it this killer of our happiness because I truly believe if we keep on living with these assumptions and these ideas in our heads, how a perfect situation should be, this kills our happiness because what will turn out is if it's you know negative in a way that it doesn't turn out the way we want, we're always disappointed, sad, angry, or frustrated. And if you overcome that, there is no space to be so disappointed or sad. Yeah, I, I like your approach because it's different than the approach that I have. And mm -hmm. at the same time, it's the same in a certain way. Because what I see in there, and you mentioned the word perfect. <laughs> I think expectations are very much linked to perfectionism because we are very self-critical and we want to well, make things as good as possible. And many people are perfectionists. And this, again, lowers our self-confidence because we can never be perfect. And I guess with expectations, it's similar. We set ourselves 
quite high expectations. We think that we know what others expect from us. I have many clients who have a very strong belief in what their parents expect from them. And it doesn't matter if these parents are still alive or not. It's still very important what their parents expected from them. And it's maybe not even true. Because these same parents, if they had spoken to them, would have said, hey, seriously, if you're not happy with what you're doing, then I give up my expectations. It's much more important that you're happy than that you're perfect in this or that area. What is your experience with this paradigm? I go back to the first question because you said, how would I manage this? The first thing is to understand what the expectation is. But then the second thing is to understand what is the direction of the expectation. There are three directions. It's either I expect something from myself or I expect something from you or you expect something from me or assumably expect something from me. So that is the the, the most tricky one because I can handle, let's say, easier my own expectations because in the end, I can't lie to myself. But what you just said is so important is if I feel that you expect something, and it burdens me, that's the moment where I need to verify, is that really true or not? So what you just said, the example of the parents, that's very interesting because with all my coaches, it's almost 99%. It's beliefs from childhood, you know, beliefs that we got from school or our parents or even siblings. And this is what you just said. If this is a burden, you need to verify it. Or if they are not alive anymore, to question it. Do I really know if that is true or not? And that's the same with our partner or our boss or our colleagues. You need to verify if the expectations is true. And only then you can handle them. Because if you know it's true, for example, I just had a coachee yesterday and she said, well, I know my boss always wants me to go the extra mile. And I said, are you sure this is what she means? And then we define this extra mile for her and her head was like, I need to always give more work late at night and do this extra step. But we figured out she never said that. So by questioning this, so the exercise was go to your boss, get in a conversation and ask if this is what she means and how she defines an extra mile, because only then, you know, what to do. And the same way, maybe a person says, well, I never said that. And this is not what I mean. So you get the clarity and then you understand how to react. Either you accept it or you know it's not true and then you can live more relaxed. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> so in theory, it's all very, very easy, but I know it's not easy in real life. But if you once have it in your head, what is the, the, the source of this pressure? And if it's the expectation, then you can handle it. Hmm. How is expectation management or the awareness of it related to setting yourself goals? I, I don't speak so much about the long or midterm goals, but about very specific small goals. Let's say someone has a, a difficult presentation to hold in front of a group where this person knows ah, most of the people might be pretty critical about my idea. And so there are a lot of expectations that build up and a lot of anxiety, most likely as well. But certainly this person is building this own expectation of I need to be perfect again or I have to deliver this really in a way that it works and that people adhere to my idea and this person might think that people in the room are very critical or that they 
in general don't like what she or he is saying. But this might be wrong when you have people who feel really stressed because they have the feeling from all sides, there are so many expectations. Where do you ask them to start? That's a very good question and a perfect example, especially presenting to others and talking in front of a group and, and you have your own idea that you want to get through. But where you start is you start first with yourself. What do you want to get out of that meeting, for example? So to have what you just said, goals clear to you and also asking yourself, did I do the best I could to prepare the meeting? Which comes together with, I think, totally having a briefing and being clear on the expectations of the group, which means go before you start the meeting, you ask them, what is your biggest wish you want to get out of that meeting? What is your biggest need you have by coming to that meeting or presentation? Maybe they don't have an idea, but then you can work it out together as well. So either you do a survey before that, or you start the meeting with that question. And you can be, and again, we are talking about charisma. I just taught at Coach Heath the other day saying, why don't you start the meeting telling them how you feel? Telling them that you are very nervous, you are very excited about this meeting, that you are very eager to get your message through and that you believe in what you're talking about, but you need feedback. So ask them to get involved in a meeting, ask them to give you feedback either in between or afterwards. So by showing them what your biggest need is before the meeting, sometimes gets the people so much more involved because they do it a bit to help you and they do it because they know that it, for themselves more gets out of that, let's say two to three hour, whatever meeting it is, because sometimes maybe they are not there voluntarily. And then they're already in a bad mood saying, oh, damn, I don't want to sit here. So if you invite them to get out the most out of a meeting and by telling them, listen, I do my best here. So please give your best as well. Then at least it's a productive three hours for us. And in that case, she called me afterwards or we had another meeting after and she was so happy. She said it was a completely different thing. Be open, ask questions, present yourself, but start with asking yourself, what do you want from that meeting? Yeah, it's a great link to goal setting, managing what is actually going on. There's also this whole piece about connecting first. I always say you first have to connect and then you communicate. Most people do it the other way around. They start their meeting right away with their topics or with the big title or the introduction. And at some point after 20 minutes, they open for the first questions mm -hmm. and there's no dialogue. There's no connection. People get bored. People are not onboarded for the topic. And I love this idea of asking them before what they expect from the meeting. I mean, in reality, it's clear cut this for every single meeting every day because there are tons of them, but there are some important ones or somewhere you think you want to position yourself, maybe in a new area or new project. And I guess this is the moment to really think about, can I prepare this meeting differently? Set the scene for the others so that they beforehand can even share what they would like to see yeah what is interesting for them makes a huge difference and also i love the idea that people you know this is the, the question of vulnerability and having the courage to simply be authentic if you hate standing there well you can say it maybe not with the word hate but you can say hey guys i'm really i'm nervous, nervous. <laughs> it's like i'm nervous i'm not you know it's not yeah. I, I i love doing it but i'm still nervous it's my not my nature to be on the stage you can describe it in different words but 
the fact is what you need to do first is to be conscious of that fear. If you have a fear of talking in front of people, why are you afraid? It's because you're afraid of the judgmental way or the negative feedback. And if you know what your fear is, then you can even imagine, this is a good exercise. You imagine what is the worst that can happen? So imagine the worst that can happen and find strategies. Okay, if this happens, what will I do? So just to know, okay, if really it's a catastrophe, then I can handle it anyhow. And then you can also imagine what is the best that comes out. And this is what I would love to do. So how can I reach it? And if I know a little bit of strategies to reach it, I share them with the people that are in the meeting. And if I share them, I can get the feedback of, hey, are you with me? Are you in it with me? Is this what you would like to get out as well? Or how can we use that time most efficiently for all of us? And that's the moment where most of the people lose the fear. Hmm. Expectations build quite a lot of fear, don't they? Both, yeah. It's, it's both. Fears build expectations and expectations build fear if they are not clear. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's like uh, we use now like in a typical work environment, but this is in private life as well. And I talk about relationships a lot with coaches where I always say, well, did you ever ask your partner, you know, what is a perfect weekend together? Or did you ever, I just, the other day there was this lady, he was like, she, she was really annoyed, but because her partner never helped with the household. I mean, you think this is a classical example. And I said, well, did you ever ask him to get involved, to find a way to work it out together? And she said, no. I said, okay, well, maybe he thinks you like it. So there were little things and she was laughing. She said, well, I never thought of this because I expect him to know that I don't like doing the household. And I said, well, ask him. So a lot of misunderstandings and conflict really dissolve because of questions. Yeah. And good communication between people, open yeah. communication. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't know how to do it, that's what I'm saying. Because saying to people, you need to communicate. Sometimes they say, I don't know how. And then that's the moment where I say, well, ask him a question. And ask him a question where it's not yes or no, but ask an open question. So the person needs to talk to you. Hmm. And that's so much easier. Yeah, that's true. And we don't have to have it. Yeah. We try rather to say what we think and then not letting the other person finish the sentences and just yeah. step in. Yeah. And, 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 and we give orders, you know, sometimes yeah. we mix it up by giving, by asking something sounds like orders. And that's the moment where people shut down because they say, who are you to give me orders? Instead of saying, you know what, for me, for example, punctuality, always a topic. And if I say, well, you know what, for me, being punctual is really a value. This is something that is extremely important to me. Maybe this comes from my childhood that I had a dad who was never punctual. But for me, this is important. And I'm a person, I'm always too early. So can we agree on something that we really respect each other's timing? Because if you come always late, this is for me, a feeling that that you don't respect me so this is important for me so can we talk about this and well, could you help me that we you know don't have this conflict because of punctuality so maybe that person never realized how it could be bad or or hurting for another person if you come always four or five minutes late so and again a simple example but it can completely change things and and relationships
Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. If there's an understanding why the other person does it, and, yeah. and that the other person is not doing it by having no respect, but just because they wouldn't mind if you come five or ten minutes late, actually. So exactly. I think it's exactly. okay. <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, there's a lot of wordings that you can use in good communication. You wouldn't say you always come late. You say, hey, the last three times you came late. So even there, it's very simple little things that make it more soft to communicate with people and much more friendly and human. And I think we really, we never learn this, not even in school. But at the same time, it's a lack of taking the time to communicate properly. Mm, that's true. When it comes to questions and open questions, which we started, what, why, how, and so on, that why, for example, an opening question with why is is putting people sometimes into a defensive mode. Yeah. Because suddenly they feel that they have to defend an idea. Why have you done that? Yeah. Why are you doing this like this? And then if people already have the expectations that the other person is very critical, they will have an interpretation of this question that can make them very Absolutely. defensive. So it's about being careful how you ask the question to really ask them in a non-judgmental tone, in an open tone, and really showing curiosity to get a true and authentic answer. Exactly. Well, also what I always say in my, let's say, method that I use to teach how to manage expectations, it's really when you have the direction straight, if you know who's expecting from me, uh, from whom, you, you then ask, okay, why am I afraid of what might come? What is the feeling behind it? But then also trying to put myself in that moment into the shoes of the other person. So what could be the perspective of the other person? And that's the moment where you get human and friendly because you, you imagine that the other person might see it differently. Let's go back a bit to the inner dialogue, to, mm -hmm. to the source of it. In the beginning, you said, well, it, first of all, you have to understand your own expectations to see what is hindering you, what you're expecting, why you're not feeling well about yourself in specific moments. Now, this own expectation piece is not that easy as it seems because you cannot just ask yourself because sometimes you get a biased answer because you try to protect yourself. And I know that many people are not very self-reflective. They do not have this habit to observe their thoughts and to have an interpretation where they can say, ah, if I feel like this, that's my fear of rejection kicking in, for example. And this is why I have this kind of expectation and to understand certain inner mechanisms. How can people start to learn to understand themselves in this area? They book a coaching. It's not because just because I do it as a work, but I, this is what I mean. My own story is that I realized it by getting help from somebody outside. Because sometimes you are so blocked in your ideas that just a few questions from outside, from somebody neutral, that's the moment where you need to answer these questions. And then these answers come out of you, but you never let it out by asking yourself. So I really mean it. I think if you are stuck and if you don't have any relationship with yourself, that's the moment where you need to ask for, you know, outside help. So it could be a coach if it's really something more and more deep and more, you know, let's say psychologic, then you need to go to a therapy. But the moment you ask for a coaching, which if it's about challenges or misunderstandings or really being stuck in a place and you want to go further in your life and you don't know how, that's the moment where you realize with a few questions from somebody neutral, that's the moment you, you're blocking. If you don't want to seek for help, I mean, then you need to 
get a connection with yourself by again being true to yourself and asking questions so if you start saying well why do i feel this well well maybe i'm afraid of being rejected and if you stop there that's not i mean it's not helpful you need to dig deeper you know you need to dive even more so why am i afraid of rejection did something happen that made me be afraid of being rejected or are there situations where i've not been rejected because we tend to look only at the negative side. So if we look back in life and if you take positive resources, then you sometimes realize, okay, it's just a belief that I have because it makes my life in the end easier to say no to certain things. Yeah, exactly. No, I fully agree. If you try this with yourself, even if you're in an advanced stage, I think you and I, we have done both a lot of things with ourselves first and then with clients and you never dig deeper in. You can't ask yourself a neutral question, actually. You ask maybe one, but then you're already in a certain tunnel of, of, of exactly. a certain way of thinking and you cannot get this outside question that is surprising as well. That right. is coming up with something that you haven't even seen, even if it's right in front of your eyes. And right. sometimes just asking a handful of questions makes such a difference to see yourself in a totally different light. Yeah. And it depends also on the topics. I mean, if it's taking a decision, I think if you have a certain training and you, you know some of the tools, you can do it by yourself. But if, if there are situations where there are emotions involved and other people involved, you know, loved ones involved, It's so much more difficult. So that's the moment where I say, really, I mean, go to a coach and book a couple of hours and, and you will be so much faster in resolving a certain situation. And, you know, I have a coach coaching where we coach each other because this is, I always say, even if you know how to do it and if you do that every day, it doesn't mean that for yourself, it's so easy, even if you have the tools. So, yeah, but I observe it that it's it's more difficult with other people involved and emotions. So mm, yeah, that's where it's getting more complicated. When yeah. people would like to get help from you, how can they approach you? First of all, I do it in, in three languages. I do it in Italian, German and English. So whoever wants to do it in the mother tongue, they can do it with me. But also I work with private people or companies. So in private, I usually do uh, a six weeks program. Because I truly believe that sometimes one hour or two can be helpful, but it's much more relaxed if you have like a, a certain time frame where you can solve certain, you know, challenges or situations. So usually I offer for private people the, the six week program. And for companies, I, I do it more with an approach of saying they have this project where they want to give employees the possibility to book a coach. I usually do it as a program where I do a keynote in, in, in the beginning so that employees can see me. Maybe it's like a half an hour keynote where they hear my story, where they hear my topics and they can somehow relate to me or not. And then once they know, have a face to a person and a voice, then if they feel comfortable, then they can book through the company a coaching. My total belief is that the more anonymous it is, the most confidential it is, the better it works. So that's why my approach is rather to be an external coach rather than an internal one. I just love it because what we just said, there are so many examples, either from private life or, or work life. And most of them, they're always intertwined. And it's so easy with a few questions to help. 
It is. It is indeed. <laughs> I thank you very much, Bianca Maria, for this lovely conversation that we had. And we will stay in touch. And I hope that our audience will get in touch with you or with me, whatever they want to learn and to do in their life. Thank you very much. Yes. And we should do more because charisma and expectations totally get together. Thank you for listening to Charisma Hacks. If you want to level up your profile, and become a charismatic leader able to communicate, engage and motivate in an inspiring and authentic way, you've come to the right place. Subscribe now to this show or reach out to me and get more strategies, tools and mind training to sparkle from the inside.